Hello, and welcome to All Things Marketing and Education. My name is Ilana Leone, and I've devoted my career to helping education brands build their brand awareness and engagement. Each week, I sit down with educators, edtech entrepreneurs, and experts in educational marketing and community building. All of them will share their successes and failures using social media, inbound marketing or content marketing, and community building. I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of All Things Marketing and Education. This week, I am sitting down with Lisa Schmucky, the founder and CEO of EdWeb. And I'm sure most of you that listen to this podcast are familiar with the education environment. And if you're familiar with the education environment, you know EdWeb. EdWeb EdWeb has been around for decades. Lisa will talk all about it, but in a nutshell, EdWeb is a professional learning network that serves the global education community. They have a strong, robust community for really anything in education. So she's gonna get into a little bit about that, but before we do, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Lisa, her background, and just how I got to know her as a person. Um, Lisa, you are someone that I have known and admired for now over decades. I mean, this is crazy. We're not gonna talk about how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting there too. Um, I just feel like, you know, throughout our past, I obviously got introduced to you when I was at Edutopia, but you've always been such an incredibly kind and collaborative person, always just like a go-getter and like, we'll get it done. Let's do this. Let's work together. But what you do for educators and have helped them professionally, like that is something that just brings me to goosebumps. And when you said you recently got highlighted in a book for, you know, women that are just so purpose-driven and impact-driven, I was like, yes, yes, you have done so much. And I'd love you, I know it's hard to talk about yourself around that, but I'd love, we're going to talk a little bit about your journey. So that might be a good time to get into a little bit of that. But for those of you listening, we will be talking about professional development. So, you know, EdWeb is in the center of that, but they also dabble in all things marketing too. So we might be talking a little bit about marketing in that with you educators that are listening. We'll be talking about how you can choose professional development that will best support you. How do, how do you have agency in this? Uh, so much in education, professional development is potentially dictated to you. And like, here's what you have to learn. But how can you navigate that? How can you become that lifelong learner that you always have been because you are an educator? So we're going to give you tips on how to be an agent in your PD community. For you ed tech companies that are listening, professionals that are navigating this crazy world of ed tech, we will cover how you can offer professional development for your product in an effective and helpful way for educators. And I know that sounds simple, but those of you that have tried this is very not simple and so we're going to lay down some great tips and advice from someone who's been in the industry for decades so lisa thank you so much for joining welcome to all things marketing and education thank you this is lovely i mean and thank you for the kind words and i i I must say one thing i really realized is that professional learning is something that can connect us all so i think whether you're a solution provider or you're an educator whether you're a teacher or a superintendent um it is something that really can connect us and was just more important during the pandemic 
And a lot, everything that we do is virtual. We haven't yet ever done anything in the real world yet. Um, we do it all online. Um, and with the pandemic, um, I think what we kind of saw is a lot of the ways in which it can really be helpful. Um, the term silver lining has been used, um, maybe overused, but I think virtual professional learning is something that's been a good thing to, to keep us all connected. Whether it's informal, like a Zoom chat, you know, or a more formal program, it, it, can, it can have a range, right, of um, the ways in which you engage and how, how um, you know, how much time it takes and in some ways just how, how serious it is, how formal yeah. or informal it is. I love you're diving right in, but I, I think the question I want to ask you is like, how would you define professional development? Because I think sometimes in our head we go, oh, that's got to be this, like if I'm in an ed tech company, like if maybe it's a big course and it's going to take forever. And so then you never do it, right? But there's so many different variations of what professional development can be and how you can seek out different variations as an educator. So like if you were kind of in an elevator with me and be like, oh, I never heard this term PD, what is it? Well, it's really interesting you ask that because I think when you say PD, which you what you just said, professional development, it brings up um, one set of associations as opposed to the term professional learning, which is more preferred now, which can be more informal, um, more self-directed, not as, you know, more um, personalized where if you think about PD and P professional development, you think of what a district has made you do, um, made you sit in a room. You know, we've all seen those pictures of people falling asleep on the desk, sitting in the room, you know, how it's not customized for, for needs. And for the district, it's expensive where they're bringing in people and they're paying people who are, tend to be more generalists to talk to a whole group. Um, so I love that it's become much more personalized and differentiated. However, um, educators do often have PD requirements or professional learning requirements or PD hours. So then you do have to think about if a teacher has 25 hours they need to accumulate during the course of a year, what is accepted for those hours. And there's even more flexibility now. So we began five years ago getting approval. We're now approved in 42 states for a teacher to come watch a webinar for free and use that hour to renew their state teacher's license. So if there's, we're particularly glad we've been able to do that. We've issued 4 million uh, certificates since we started doing this, which is pretty incredible. That's all free, free hours. And before they often had to pay for, pay for something. Wow, like 4 million hours. And I remember when we first started like getting EdWeb on our radar, you know, it, it, it's hard to get certified by all these states. I, I looked into it way back in the day when I was running webinars for Edutopia and I'm like, oh no, that's a headache. And they're all different for each state. So congratulations for being in yeah. the states that you are in the amount of credit and just making it so easy for educators to say, okay, I can choose what I want to listen to. I want to direct my own learning and get credit for it. Right. Okay. So we just dove into PD because I know you're really... P, I'm going to call it PL, <laughs> but people yeah. don't do yeah. that. I know we're trying to use that term, but then people don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the marketer in me wants to use the, like the searchable term, but mm -hmm. then like, the educator friendly person in me wants to use the term that maybe isn't as triggering sometimes mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. of that, but okay, let's get into you a little bit. Let's, let's start with the foundation of Lisa um, circa 
40 years ago or something like how, how did you start this vision for education? Did you always say, I'm going to start this company? How did you have the spark around changing and helping and improving education? Well, it's interesting you ask that because, as you mentioned before, and I'm going to do a little plug for Kathy Hurley and Barbie, Bobby Kershan because they published a book this year on women entrepreneurs, um, how purpose-driven women rise to the top. And in some of the conversations that we had starting out on this, it was sort of like, well, when did you start thinking about becoming an entrepreneur? And like, I never, I never thought of it that way. I never approached it that way. It was just... I've always been, I've always loved school. I loved my teachers. I loved learning. And the thing that I've realized over the course of my whole life, the thing that I really like most of all is problem solving. And it doesn't matter what the problem is. It could be a family problem. <laughs> it could be the problem of how am I going to get that turkey turkey on the table ne next week for the people who are coming for Thanksgiving dinner. And so um, that love of education just from, from, you know, being a very young child and loving my teachers just eventually caused me to see some of the problems of how my career wasn't in, in education. I worked for, as you know, educational publishing companies and media companies. And so because I had never been in schools, I always struggled as a marketer to understand what teachers needed and was always advocating for focus groups and going to conferences and it was never enough and so i saw when social networks came along 14 years ago it's gonna be our 15th anniversary this next year that social networks could be a way for us to solve this problem of how do we get people in the industry to be able to be in the same room a virtual room with educators and learn from that and so that we can all benefit Wow. Yeah. And it's funny because anybody I interview that started companies or that this and that, it's it's never like I want to be an entrepreneur. Usually it's like, oh, this is a problem or I'm, I'm inspired by this and let me exactly. go. And, and then the marketing directors and VPs of marketing I work with in education, you're right. They always want more focus groups. They always want more and they should because they need to holistically understand who they're marketing to and all the challenges and needs and successes and how their product fits into it. But it's never enough. Right. And I mean, you're so right. And I, I just want to applaud you for almost 15 years. That's amazing. I know. Well, and then, and then this years. idea of like passion for education like, I, I don't think I even came into it going, I have a passion for education, right? It, it, it wasn't really, I mean, I wanted to have a career that I thought had meaning and could make a difference. So when I worked for publishing companies or media companies and we were doing books or film for educators, you know, that was that was fine, right? Um, but it was through through starting something that I hoped would be a better solution in some corner of this world and how how hard it is, how the sacrifices you make, the risks you take, how scary it is um, when you start first start hiring people and realizing you have to pay them on a regular basis um, and you're terrified and you start asking yourself, why am I doing this? Then that just, re I said, oh my God, I must really love my teachers. I must have loved them. And this is a way for me to I very much feel like it's a way to pay it forward. How, we really don't 
hardly ever get to go back and thank those teachers um, for what they did. Um, many of them now, mine, aren't living any longer. But if I can do that forward, then that gives me a sense of purpose. Nicely said. So we talked about professional learning. See how mm-hmm. I'm, I'm correcting a little bit. Yes, about yes. Getting your turns uh, aligned. Yeah, the difference between PD and professional learning a little bit. What is it? The various forms it can take. Um, but I know that you have a lot to say around this and it, it's very nuanced, but like, what is the most effective professional develop? I know that's a loaded question, <laughs> so but in your mind, like what, what do you see that really works to improve practice of educators? And, and you talked about the system a little bit in that in the world of professional development, typically it's not the educators that generally get, I mean, there is some flexibility on hours where they get to choose their PD and things that are qualify and not, but in general, professional development for the educator is somewhat dictated, you know, Hey, we bought smart boards and you're going to do smart board training, you know, (laughs) to the technology that they purchase on a district, but by the way, generally doesn't have a ton of educator input either. So we talked about like a little bit of the ecosystem, but like, what would you say is the most popular type of PD you see educators opting for? And then, I mean, we can talk about what you think maybe characteristics of effective PD? Because what is effective PD is a very loaded question. I know I don't want to throw at you, but if you have thoughts around that. Well, I think that one of the things I've thought about and I've said frequently, and I don't even know how this is going to sound, but um, I think one of the reasons we were able to build something that is effective is because of my experience as a marketer and coming out of the industry and not being an educator. I mean, I did very much feel handicapped that I didn't have that experience of being a teacher. And that's a little bit of a whole nother story why I wanted to go into teaching when I was younger and I had reasons why I didn't choose it as a path right out of college. That's another story. Um, that's like into the woods. <laughs> that's another story. Never mind. Anyway, so, but, you know, back to the fact that I came up with this idea coming out of the industry side and wanting to solve a problem that I first experienced personally, but then also realized was a more general problem of how do we get the industry closer to educators to understand what the needs are and how how they're working Um, and didn't even set out to create a professional learning solution. I just saw how many contacts and resources publishers and media companies had and the knowledge that they had. And I also could see how much educators needed, particularly as social networks came along. It was really um, first an observation around the use of technology. So when my daughter showed me Facebook, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was how far students were ahead with technology already. And that we were going to have to do something to help the teachers learn about these networks and get caught up 
or otherwise they were just going to continue to get further and further apart. So the original idea for EdWeb was to help with the adoption of technology. And then we evolved into professional learning. Uh, now our most popular topic is mental health and social emotional learning. It doesn't really have anything. It's the human side, not even the technology side. Um, so, but I saw that the, so the companies could tap into their resources and do programming that would benefit educators that was really needed. And as we all know, companies always wanna build relationships with educators, form relationships, get leads, and that could be the benefit for them. And that should be free because they're gonna ultimately sell more product or more services because of the service that they are providing. And then the educators get to have the free professional learning. And the thing, I guess it was a big surprise or what I wasn't sure about was would sponsored professional learning be, for one, approved and accepted for credit like it has been in the States, appreciated as something that's not tied to sales. And we always say our programs need to be professional learning, not tied to sales. And just fortunately, that has worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I appreciate you kind of going back contextually because in the beginning, you probably like, it's nice to know that you were thinking about there was this tech tech gap that you saw a problem. It was for. a digital divide. Yeah. And although you do have a lot of ed tech stuff on EdWeb, I yes. wouldn't say, I wouldn't characterize you as like just ed tech. And in fact, the stuff that I remember that are, are very powerful that I've attended is around like ESL and ELL and equity and justice and like SEL and all the things around that stuff, like the human side too. I've learned so but much. But during the pandemic, every title got inserted, you know, remote, <laughs> you know, <laughs> online, uh, the online classroom, the remote classroom. So it definitely became a big factor during the pandemic when we were shut down. Yeah. And, and I mean, the question about effectiveness is hard. And I would say for me, effectiveness is where you feel like you have ownership and choice and voice. And certainly at EdWeb, you do that. But anywhere around, so educators, as you start thinking about gosh, you know, maybe I have a little bit more flexibility in what my district um, measures for PD. And then even beyond PD, as we're lifelong learners, what do I want to learn? What am I excited about? So there's all sort like for me, if you're not excited about something and don't have ownership, voice and choice, it's never going to be effective. Right. Right. So I think the big change in the pandemic is that administrators prior to that, I think we're skeptical of whether online professional learning would work or whether or not their teachers would fully engage because they weren't able to really monitor it, right? But they saw the results, right? Which is always like, let's look at the results. Um, and they saw the results of allowing them to engage in virtual professional learning during the pandemic. So they've seen that. They've also fully aware of the fact that the way P PD was being done before didn't work. Everybody knew that. So now they've had an opportunity to see that if it's virtual, if they get to choose, if you can have flexibility in doing it anytime, anywhere. You can watch a, a webinar while you cook dinner. Um, you can listen to a podcast while you're commuting. And everybody now gets that that's a more personalized and successful and effective way to do it. And, and, and I think, too, I've thought really, especially recently about I think the administrators, and some of them will still say that they think they know what their teachers need, 
But our experience in the chats of all the webinars that we do is that the teachers are focused on what their students need. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they're going to pick a program that that is going to help them with a student or a group of students that they want to. So that's really important to accept and realize and honor. That's a really good point, too, is that no matter what, I think never fails that an educator always brings it back to the student. I think sometimes for good and bad, because sometimes on this show, we talk about how we can integrate self-care and boundaries in educators mm -hmm. so they don't burn out. But they always are thinking about, you know, I've got this one student or this this class is different. I need help with this. Mm -hmm. It always kind of marks to that. And I will say when you're talking about effective PD and, and teachers tuning out, it reminded me of like, Back in the day when I used to be very active on Twitter chats, we would start talking to people, educators in the thread, and a lot of them were sometimes in PD mandated to them participating in Twitter chats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they were, they were choosing their own learning right. while being forced into it. And I was just right. like, what is the irony here? You know, like. Um, so we talked a lot about voice and choice. I, I would be remiss not to mention the EdCamp movement, where yes. we talk about how educators really take charge of their own learning. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know what an EdCamp is, it's an unconference that you can go to physically. They also have virtual ones. Um, they, the EdCamp Foundation recently got purchased by, I think, Digital Promise. So you can go to their website, look them up. But they're, they're known for their location-based events where you go there and passionate educators just like the day of say, oh, I want to learn about robotics. But I don't know much about it. I'm not going to lead a presentation. I just want to be around people to talk about robotics mm -hmm. and, ideas and collaborate. Like it's purpose driven, like on the spot. Here's what I'm interested in learning. And, and a lot of it when you're navigating through EdWeb too, it's like, okay, I want to learn this. I don't want to learn this, you know, and that for me is, is so powerful. The other thing too, that has become really recognized. And, and, and again, I didn't realize even this as much as I've heard about it after or reflecting on the pandemic is that PD was often just provided to teachers mm. and virtual professional learning and what we offer or what others may offer as well are things that everybody in the whole community can engage in for all staff. Now we don't actively engage parents because we feel like we want to be a professional community where professionals talking to each other um, and or students. So we're, we're focused on that. But, you know, power professionals and, con, you know, uh, contractors and bus drivers and, you know, so many of the staff and the business side of the house. So they're just, you know, anybody in the whole staff community can engage. Yeah, and that's such a great point because also school leaders, and you do a lot with school leaders. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of associations out there that you partner with, but they also that have their own professional learning as well. That mm -hmm. that's an isolated profession. We talk about educators being isolated, but mm -hmm. it's very lonely right. being at the top at times. Right. You don't necessarily have that behavior instilled to reach out and collaborate for help at times. And I, I love that. Isn't so not only are people thinking about, okay, professional development, typically uh, a term that triggers educators that is dictated to educators. What is professional learning beyond educators? And that's a really right, good point. Right. So 
We talked a little bit about educators choosing their own professional development journey. We've talked a little bit about some options out there, but if I'm an educator and maybe I'm new, or maybe I'm just finally getting out of the weeds to say, what do I need to learn professionally? How do I begin to figure out my own journey in professional learning and interweaving my PD requirements? And it feels, sometimes it can be overwhelming. Like. How, what would you recommend for them for tips and tricks to to get started, but maybe even level up if they've already kind of dabbled into it? Well, I I can't not suggest <laughs> <my dad. laughs> just I mean we have on our main website edweb.net we have all of our upcoming programs, and I, one of the things we find is that that's just how people discover the range of topics, and it it, it also. You know, people don't have to, we have a social network. People don't have to join our social network to come to any of our webinars and they're all free. Um, and I think uh, just dipping a toe in and picking a topic is is kind of one of the best ways we've just discovered for people to realize how much there is to learn. Also the live sessions where our chats are so active, I think they are really the absolutely best part of what we offer. So you can watch them recorded anytime, anywhere for your own personal knowledge, but the collaboration that comes from a panel of educators who are talking to themselves and learning with each other, with the audience commenting and with the sponsor being uh, the host and the fly on the wall to learn what that means for what they're providing. Sometimes I call it 3DPD and everybody's learning. I think that's the most valuable uh, way to do it because I think doing it in community, however you can learn in community is the most inspiring. And um, also, I, mean, I don't know who originally said the smartest person in the room is the room, but you hear that frequently, right? So if you're in a community, you're in a room with a group of people, the, the learning is just gonna be better from that group engagement. Yeah, and that's an Ed Camp motto too. I was just gonna say that, right. But we didn't claim it or anything like that. We don't know who said it. It's like, you know, unknown yeah. source. But yes, it is the room. And I, I think that that's such a powerful statement of like, not only community can give you that pulse and that inspiration while you're there and, and have that energy, but it can give you accountability. And I, I love that because, you know, sometimes we might get inspired by something we hear on EdWeb or we attend a, a vendor session and we learn how to do this like tech that really inspires us. But like what next and how do I continue to prioritize it and continue learning? And something I've seen and I don't know, I'd love your thoughts on it, but the growing of professional learning communities in membership so if we have like influencers like um, Monica Burns and Class Tech Tips, she has a membership where people can join and it's like a cadre or cohort of people and they right. just support each other throughout and they work on goals. And I thought that was such an interesting kind of hybrid of what we're seeing. I, I agree. And I think the technology, certainly again with the pandemic, we've all probably had Zoom chats or different communities that we that helped us, you know, sustained us through that time. You and I are both a member of the Dolls, which is like one of about a thousand women who are um, in education in either the industry or on the education side. And they had Zooms every two weeks, all th continuing that, you know, all throughout. And so if you aren't part of a community and, and you're having trouble finding one, you can start one. 
And it doesn't have to be large. You know, it can start at a different size. And I, so I'm, I'm in, uh, so I'm a new grandparent. I have a grandson who's two years old and one of the editors of Scholastic who we've worked with before. She's a new grand, grandparent as well. And we're starting a little grandparent grandmother's book club. That's and awesome. we're going to be on a Zoom for the first time in December. So who knows where that's going to go, right? So find a community for anything. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love because people know that my loves are, you know, community learning, perfect, you know, also thinking about content marketing, all of this mm -hmm. stuff like intercedes and you, I, I think about our ed tech vendors right now listening and our, our partners out there that have ed tech solutions and sure they want to deliver stuff like they say okay um every wednesday we're going to go live on facebook and we're going to demo a feature and that will be just quick bites of professional development or learning that they can use the product to become more active users but that doesn't stick as much if you don't have a complimentary community that maybe helps and you know is there for you growing and learning along in your journey so mm -hmm. nothing lives on its own in this world right. you know we all just make it better but i love that you brought in like you know community along with learning can really make effective and they aren't in siloed worlds where the community does this and then all your your pd and your product marketing is, is over here well and and we had a a presentation this week that I, I I'm thinking oh so many people need to know about this so then I realized I I need to sit down and really kind of make a list of all the communities that I can post it in and how I can get it out and how I can have more people watch it it was all around equity and workforce and education with an amazing panel of educators and what they're do superintendents and what they're doing but so you can almost go forever mm -hmm. in in making your lists of all your networks and how you can get it out to different groups. So I do think that's one of the challenges in this day and age. How, how do you take the content that you have? And I know this is your expertise, so um, I hope we can talk more about this. So how can you take the content that you have and figure out an efficient, easy way to get it out and keep it out there for others to discover? And I think the thread that we're talking about is value. And with professional development and professional learning and community, we all just say, what's the most valuable thing we can do that we can provide that our community can co-create with us? So if you lead with value and you know your target audience, and we were talking about focus groups and all the things, like really making sure that what we're providing is hitting the, the most pressing needs of educators today. Mm -hmm. And yeah. sometimes when we think about PD, I feel like in ed tech, we go product and we go, how can we use our product? But there's also this whole beautiful world around professional learning that's about the topics that they care about most as right. well. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I very rarely see it in more of a professional learning venue that I see ed tech companies do that. But that's a huge opportunity mm -hmm. for that. And I wanted to kind of shift over towards the ed tech folks because many of them create professional development. They create right. tutorials, they create you know, Facebook Lives, they do webinars. You partner with lots of them to okay. create webinars. So you get to be on that marketing and sales side and the funnel too. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for them to, like, to get into the world of, of professional development and professional learning? But like, what should they do that actually works? 
because we see lots of missteps and that's okay. That's how we learn. But I'd love to be able to give them advice to set them in the right direction and potentially do it in a consistent manner, right? Because sometimes they do one and done or like, okay, did it. Well, I do, I do that's, I love that you said consistency because I do think consistency is really important. Um, sometimes you see people with a, a big plan and they come out, you know, and, and do a lot at once, but then they take a hiatus and come back. So you really want to think about what you can do on a sustainable basis. I do think that webinars are great. We're not the only ones who do them. There are other media companies that can help you do them. And then we also, a lot of our sponsors do them themselves. So, you know, that's another option. Um, I think a great thing is to experiment with the different, you know, external folks who can help you do it. Try, try, trying it internally is a little scarier <laughs> because you want to make sure that, you know, you have the uh, platform and you know how it works and you have to coach your presenters. Uh, we see so many different styles that are effective, but basically, um, I would say, you know, do an assessment of what you know are the critical topics in the area of work that you're in, right? If you're a reading company, if you're a math company, I, I, companies in that space, you know, usually know what the critical topics are. So you want to craft a topic around that. Start, start with what you think is going to be the most popular topic and have your presenters represent the audience that you want to reach. And it's usually good to have a couple of them on so they can talk back and forth. Um, they can know each other or not know each other. But if you, and if you know that they're doing great work and they are teachers, if you want to reach teachers or they're administrators, if you want to reach administrators, and then you have a good way to do the marketing part of it to have a list of people to invite. I mean, that's one of the ways in which we really provide a lot of benefit because we have an enormous list, all tagged for all the professional learning topics that they're interested in. So that's kind of a gold mine. Um, but you know, then, then that's gonna be successful. Yeah, and I was just thinking of like, if I'm in an ed tech company and I'm structured as maybe I've got marketing, I've got maybe a product marketing focus and I've got sales and then I've got like social media and I've got community. If, if you're well staffed enough, you have at least somebody that has hours devoted to those things. Like whose role is it for what? And when we we narrowly define PD as just how do I use the product um, okay. we're missing it out. And what I love, like when we think about professional learning, what are mm -hmm. the things we can do to be a thought leader, whether they be webinars, they could be blog posts, they could be eBooks, all the content marketing things. And, and for anybody who is interested in more diving into content marketing, we just released an episode with Annie Tyke about content marketing. Um, and she is an expert in the field in ed tech. So we'll drop that in the show notes too. But I just, it opens up, I hope if you're an ed tech professional listening, it opens up the possibility and the mediums in which you can deliver professional development. But what we are both saying is be consistent, <laughs> show up, be continuing right. about it, right? And you may need some external partners to help you, especially if you're just getting started. Right. Because the worst thing, I, I see it with ed tech companies, they get so excited about a webinar they do and they do it. And then like five people show up. And, and, you know, it is a habit that people tend to listen to the recording afterwards, but it kind of deflates, 
you know, morale, if you only have five people and you spend all this time, right? So in the beginning, I always say to partner with people, partner, 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 don't create a Twitter chat, join a Twitter chat as a guest, you know, don't do a webinar, you know, use different folks to say, okay, how can I make sure people are coming that are interested and make it a lead gen? Right. But there, if you, if you've created the, the content, right? So you have the deck, you've, you know, gone through what you're going to present. And if you feel that the content is valuable, that the issue isn't the presentation, it's just, you didn't get it, get it out to the right audience or enough people that's so much easier to then say, all right, who, who else can help me deliver this? And let's book this somewhere else now. So don't, don't go and recreate another one. Just take that one and try and have somebody else help you get a better audience. Yes. And then on the social side, I tell them, let's slice and dice it in 20 different ways. Let's throw out some audiograms. Let's, let's upload some clips of video. So like, it's never just the product of the hour long webinar, right? It's all the different ways that we can get those little tidbits out to people and help them in their day to day. Yeah. I mean, I generally think that sponsors are best at the event itself um, you know, getting great presenters, um, coming on, you know, fabulous hosts, um, which really reflect really well on the organization. The, the harder part is how do you then put that content into community somewhere to have it live longer? And then just even from a lead gen or marketing perspective, how do you get it into your e-newsletters, get it on your website, get it into your social? So, I think thinking ahead, often people are thinking about the event itself and need to think more about what are we going to do with that asset when the event is over. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you new to the education space, so we talked a little bit about the lack of agency of educators when they're picking maybe tech products, but say they do get a tech product that they're supposed to use. They may, if they're lucky, get a professional development session on generally how to use it, Mm -hmm. right? So maybe I'm using a smart board. Let's use that example. I might have one session that says, here's how you can kind of use it. And I'm like, okay, this is a little overwhelming, but I know like two ways to use it now. But that's it. That's that's in my entire professional mm-hmm. development for that product, right? So if you're an ed tech vendor, know that like, w- what are the other features that you want them to use? And we're talking strictly product marketing, professional development here, but know that there's this huge drop off of just like, here's the one PD they get. And mm-hmm. that unfortunately is, it feels like not the exception, but it's the rule for most ed tech products. They get like one, one and done PD and mm-hmm. then we don't have active users and we wonder why we don't have active users. Mm-hmm. Right. If you can also invite them to join a, let's say a private community. We, we have them on AdWeb where you can have them help each other. So then the full burden is not as much on you because you've got your champions. You can reward them in certain ways. If you find power users and they can help others, the community can help with that product oriented PD as well. Yes, 100%. So when the pandemic happened, I would say our biggest leads that came inbound from us were around customer success type of communities. Mm-hmm. Customer success communities are like, okay, let's, how do we, for our current customers, how do we make them aware of everything going on? And how do they help each other? And how do they create hacks for different environments and all of that? And we mm-hmm. saw that come to life more than ever in the pandemic. And I still see some, some more emphasis of that. But now, in-person's coming. And that's a good thing too, because yeah. there's things that we can't do virtually that we can do in person too. 
But community takes leadership. It is harder. Community takes leadership. It takes consistency. And often the benefits of of it are longer term. So if you're really, you know, it, if you've hosted an event and you can count how many leads you got from it, then you you know 24 hours later how well that event did. But building community and, and that kind of support, it's harder to get the ROI. It's harder to get the result. So it tends to not get as much attention. Yeah. And I, I think I'm slightly on a mission to change that because it's such a, it's such a power. I love that. And that's why that we offer it. It was one of our core offerings is because we've seen it just like social media, just like if you if you create a lot of content for your brand, all of these things will fundamentally transform your brand in ways mm-hmm. that you can't even describe. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Um, I, I would just want to like throw you one last hardball question around. Come on, softball. <laughs> okay, let's do softball because... You know, you're recently a grandma. Let's do a softball. All right. If you had a magic wand, mm-hmm. how would you create like the best, maybe not the best PD or the best professional learning or PD, whoever you want to take it for educators in particular? Because I think your advice, ed tech professionals can be like, oh, I want to be like that more because that's what Lisa said. <laughs> hmm. Are there I, some elements or a way to have our online engagement and the level and the quality of that on any topic you want 24 seven. Um, I mean, we're an East East coast based company, although we're completely virtual since the pandemic, we shut down the office. We're never going back. Everybody's happier being completely virtual, which is great. I am too. I'm in my home office. Um, and, but the, in, the engagement we see there, like we're not, we're, maybe we need staff in California time, but we have people coming around the world. Maybe we need staff in India. Um, but I think that the, the ability to go on somewhere and pick any topic and have somebody presenting like they present on a webinar with, with several hundred people on there at the same time uh, would be fantastic. <laughs> so more on-demand kind of personalization, but maybe even just like I can pop on and be like, if I'm in India, I can have something, maybe somebody that um, I relate to, you know, as well. So there's yeah. this personalization of it too. And I actually really love when I attend your webinars too, you have a diverse, usually on your, like when you do a panel, it's like an educator, a leader. So there's usually always a different stakeholder that mm-hmm. I can identify with but I appreciate having them all in the same room because I'm like, oh, that's how they think. Right. And, and, and they get to, you can see the light bulbs when they're talking to each other too. And actually, I, something that I, I do say to organizations, they really, we, we have many, many companies who come to us who really, really want to connect with district administrators at the highest level. You know, how we want, you know, we, how can we reach superintendents? So the panel that we have this week with superintendents was so great. We had four superintendents on and um, they love an opportunity to talk with other superintendents on important topics that they're struggling with. And it's only an hour. So it's not a huge, you know, amount out of their time. They didn't have to do a lot of preparation for it because we're just asking them to talk about their current work and experience and successes. They, they know that um, easily. They can talk about that all day long and share some of that with each other. So um, 
you're doing you're doing those individuals in terms of building your relationships with with superintendents who might be your customers or superintendents you'd like to be connected to to offer them that opportunity is really a great way to build relationships with that group and just to underline what lisa said so she's saying why don't you invite key stakeholders and these might even be your decision makers some of them are quite influential exactly. right but right. you're not getting them on a webinar to endorse your product you're getting them on the webinar to just share you know and and really reinforce you are not endorsing our product and all the things because then they will be hesitant mm -hmm. but come in and share things that are aligned core to your brand right. what are your challenges related to communication what are your challenges related to attendance whatever it may be that's core to your brand you can get them to talk about it and it's powerful so you know it's a good analogy the way i explain it to folks is um to think of it as though you're submitting a speaker proposal for one of the big education conferences and they can't be vendor related at all or they won't accept your proposal and so think think of it that way and and what you're asking to do them to do is something that's going to take an hour virtually. And then when you think about the logistics, because we're doing this, we're, I'm going back to FETC, I'm going to South by Southwest, right? When you think of the logistics of pulling that together in person and supporting the travel and expense and the time and everything going in to having somebody do that at a conference, um, the virtual alternative is just so much easier and really, really gives you I, I think an equivalent value in building the relationships with those folks, those stakeholders. A hundred percent. So Elisa, any parting thoughts around, and we, we've kind of gone up and down the world of professional development, professional learning, a little bit of product marketing, any last thoughts around this, this ever-changing world? Um, good question. Uh, I mean, my parting thought right now is really uh, something I, I feel all the time, but with Thanksgiving coming up next week, I'm just particularly thankful and grateful for educators and the ability to help them with this kind of work. And I think any, any of us who uh, provide professional learning for educators now, you're, you're doing such a great service for them and they appreciate it so much. And you just get a world of thanks for helping them with the issues that they're dealing with right now. And whatever your organization does to try to make it better for students and parents and educators, they really appreciate your help. Yep. So important. And I think sometimes within like a, a marketing plan, we can lose the why. And the why is so incredibly yeah. powerful for What's educators. Your why? Yeah, especially because we know systematically a lot of the learning isn't 100% supported or, or made time in the day for educators. So how can you make their lives easier? Such a good point. Yeah. So Lisa, the last question we ask all of our guests is really about inspiration. Mm -hmm. And in education, and especially when you are running your own business, now almost yeah. 15 years old, I'm just so in awe of that. Um, when you have those days that you just are, your tank is on empty. You are just, I want to go stare at a blank wall because I've had a, such a challenging day and my energy is depleted. What do you do that refuels you personally? Activities, habits, what gets you going? Um, I, 
I have to say that doing this work is always rewarding and energizing. You know, it always fills up my tank. Um, I think I struggle a little bit more that, that are there other things I should do? But then I'm always saying, is this going to, is that going to have an impact? I mean, I know if I do more exercise, that will have a benefit for me, <laughs> you know? but, but that's just helping me. And uh, so I, I love what I do. I, I would say people, people really do energize me. So uh, I love now post pandemic that I can go out and have a lovely dinner with friends and talk about what they're interested in and, and what we're all doing together. Go back, going back to conferences. I've been so energized going to conferences I've been going every week for the past couple of months and I've gotten so much energy from that. And, and I am so thankful to be in the world of education and know and get to meet so many people in education. So that, that does really do it for me. I mean, I, I do read and watch binge watch some shows on TV, but I'm so motivated by the work that it's really the thing I focus on the most. Great. And I think I, it, it, for some reason, conferences wouldn't be the number one thing I, I would list for energy, but <laughs> no, but when I go there, I mean, right. I'm also kind of an ambivert. So I get drained and also like a little bit, I get drained, but then I get so much energy and inspiration of what could be and the people and all the things. But you're right. When I go to conferences though, I do get in general really inspired and I, somewhat take it for granted because they're in our industry. It's not like we're going talking about how people are making paper. Like people are changing lives on a national and sometimes international scale. And it's, it's inspiring the the field we're in. Yeah, it really is. Now I, I can relate to what you're saying a little bit too, because I say on Friday, I'm going home and I'm getting in my pajamas and I'm not coming out of them until Sunday <laughs> so, or Monday. <laughs> so I, I can do, I can do that too. Um, <laughs> no problem. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much for joining us. We learned a ton. We could be talking your ear off all the time about professional learning, all the things you see every day that your company has, what was it? 4 million hours. Uh, yeah. So we're actually now, um, close to a million and a half, uh, members in 185 countries. And, um, that, that's really pretty astounding. 700,000 have joined our network, but as I said, they don't have to, they can yeah. come to our webinars and we've issued 4 million, 4 million certificates for professional learning during the period of time since we've been doing that. Doing so if that. anybody knows how educators are learning and what's working and best practices, I'm just so glad you were able to spend time with us on that topic. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. Is oh, there I'll say one more thing, Alana, before we go, which is that one thing that people are talking about related to the workforce issues, which is that providing quality professional learning for your staff helps with reten retention and culture at a time when it's really difficult, right? So it's not just about the learning, you know, in and of itself. It it's how people are, you can support their wellness, their mental health, and their um, positivity about the profession. Yes. That's a really, especially now when we're seeing layoffs and turnover and all the things that's so important and timely. Yes. Um, Lisa, how can people get a hold of you and your organization for contacts? And then we will also put it in our show notes too. And any resources that you want to provide, we'll put them in our show notes too. Well, if they just go to edweb.net, they'll find everything to explore there and they can join or just hop on a webinar, which would be fantastic. And my email address is lisa at edweb.net. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much. Um, for those of you who are saying she mentioned show notes, where are those at? The the show notes URL is at leoneconsultinggroup.com. So two G's, leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash 38. That's the age I tell people I am, right? <laughs> for, for detailed notes, and we'll have all of the like, transcript and all the resources as well as the embedded audio in the show notes. So thank you again, Lisa. We will oh, thank see you, Lana. It's such a pleasure to talk you. Oh, yes. My pleasure. My pleasure. Um, we will see you all next time on marketing, all things marketing and education. Thank you all for your time. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and want to dive deeper, you can visit leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash podcasts for all show notes, links, and freebies mentioned in each episode. And we always love friends. So please connect with us on Twitter at Leone Group. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and click the subscribe button to be the first one notified when our next episode is released. We'll see you next week on all things marketing and education.